Welcome to the Circle of Birth podcast. I'm your host and advocate, Ali Kranz. These podcasts are here to gather stories, people and information to better our understanding of the wisdom of birth and how we can reclaim our connections to birth from conception and beyond. You will hear stories not only from Australia but from all over the world, bringing together women, partners, midwives, doulas and all the people that have a birth story to share. So jump right in for this next Circle of Birth story. to all the new year goodness and welcome to the first episode for 2017 which is episode 26. We are joined uh, with a very centered and empowered mother today, Joel Collard, who is a health and wellness coach in Australia. Her story deserves such an openness to what possibilities can really arise when you take the time to genuinely and truly look within. Joel decided at 37 weeks that she wanted a home birth and she talks in this episode about how her second birth transformed her into the person that she is now. I read Joel's blog post on social media and I just felt completely drawn to her story. So don't forget to um, head over to the website circleofbirth.com for more information on her story and her story itself written out. And you'll find some amazing images in there too. So enjoy this experience and this story from such a beautiful person. Okay. Hi, Joel. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I am super excited to have you. Um, we've been talking for a while and we finally got to do this interview. Um, I found your story on Facebook um, in a home birth group and I was just amazed by the empowerment and the transformation of this journey. So I'm so excited to have you share your story. So welcome. Thanks very much, Ellie. So did you want to kick it off and tell us about how your pregnancy was and how you went and then lead into your birth journey and become the storyteller for us? Yeah, sure. Um, so, yeah, my pregnancy was pretty much all smooth sailing. Um, this is my second pregnancy. So I had some idea that uh, my body was pretty capable of, I suppose, carrying a baby and birthing a baby, but particularly the, the carrying part I was pretty confident with. Um, I was really conscious around, well, I'm really conscious around my health and the way my body feels in general. And so coming into the pregnancy, I was really healthy um, and, and all throughout the, the 40 weeks, I made sure I was still moving and doing all of those things. Um, I'm a health coach as well. So that, that always helps when it comes to knowing how to, to nourish yourself in a technical way. But, um, I also do a lot of eating psychology. So being able to understand how to listen to the body and, and really tap into what it is that I was feeling I needed to eat and how I needed to move and what I needed to do for myself at, at any given moment. So I felt like, uh, I was pretty well equipped to to go through the pregnancy a second time and it was all really comfortable really. Um, little one was a lot more active than the first time around though. Felt like we were having a few boxing matches. But, um, yeah, aside from that, it was all pretty pretty clear. Well, how, um, how old was your other child? And- uh, so he was two years and two months when, when Frey was born, when our second one was born. Um yeah, so about 18 months, I suppose, when we found out that we were pregnant. So, I mean, there was certainly some challenges during the pregnancy in terms of um, keeping up with a, an 18-month to two-year-old along the way. Um, but, yeah, no, it was, was great for the most part. Yeah, and so you, with just maybe going back to your first birth, do you want to just sort of 
talk a little brief uh, moment about that, where your first child was born and how that went? Yeah, sure. And he was, um, so we had Eden in the birth centre uh, at the Canberra Hospital. Uh, so that was, uh, it was a really good experience. Um, certainly at the time I felt like it was a really good birth. It was a, a natural birth, all kind of um, drug-free I was really active during the whole thing. I uh, had a wonderful doula at the time as well. Um, so it was really good in that regard. Um, but it was interesting looking back after this second birth, I really feel like in hindsight I can see that there was um, a, a bit of body trauma there or certainly, you know, left over from that experience and um, moments missing during that experience that I think I was um, – either running away from myself during it or just it wasn't wasn't quite the the empowered birth that I thought it was I suppose at the time um I suppose when you've got another another experience to compare it to you can really start to look at and and think about um yeah it it just gives a new perspective on what that first experience was actually for me Uh, but at the time I felt like it was a really good birth it's quite long it was about 20 hours of labor um and I think I, I got so exhausted and fed up that I probably just pushed Eden out at the end rather than letting my body do the, the work for me in some, some respect. So I definitely took that into this, this birth and this experience going forward. Um, but, yeah, all in all, it was a really positive experience and, and yeah, we had a really happy, healthy little boy out of it. Um, yeah, I was happy with happy with the birth centre. And, in fact, that was our plan initially was to have Freya, our second child, in the birth centre as well. So, Okay. And so then come to 37 and a half weeks, I think, <laughs> yeah. and everything changed. <laughs> yeah. I was just sitting there in this appointment with my doula, um, just have so much love for. I was sitting in a room with her and we were chatting away about how things were going to go and leading up to things, leading up to the birth and um, I just said to her, look, I had this inkling, like just this thing tapping on the inside of my brain that I really need to have, I'd really like to have a home birth. And um, it had been there since I was pregnant with Eden. I, I knew it the first time around and I think I just got so swept up in the the process of how you have a baby that I didn't really honour that the first time around. And and um, I just felt like I had to say something. I couldn't couldn't keep it in any longer I, I couldn't deny it I suppose in lots of ways at least just having the idea heard you know even if it didn't come to anything I just felt like I needed to say something um anyway kind of looked at me <laughs> with this little smile and uh, it was almost a wink of a smile just a bit of a oh yeah I wasn't expecting that to come at all it was a really knowing yeah I was waiting for that to come up yeah and so Basically, you know, we halted the the regular doula appointment and she just, you know, scrambled down a, a bunch of numbers for me to call and, um, you know, the independent midwife and the this person, that person, see what we could basically organise and just essentially started the hustle to try and make it happen. Um, all the while me getting quite excited but also a little overwhelmed that I'd said this you know, idea, I'd put it out into the world and now actually I might have to follow through on it and, and well, that might be actually a bit terrifying. <laughs> yeah, so a mixture of like being terrified and excited at the same time. Yep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I just really resonated before with what you said uh, wrapped into the process of having mm-hmm. a baby and that's a really interesting point, isn't it? Especially with your first born. Mm-hmm. I know from my own experience you do, you get 
so focused on the actual process and the systematic structure of what's involved in having a child that you forget those deep internal thoughts mm-hmm. of your decisions yeah. that you could make. So, yeah, well said. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And my um, my partner's mother's actually a midwife at the Canberra Hospital. She's been a midwife for 40 years. And so, you know, that was definitely a big influence on us the first time around and the second time, but certainly that first experience when you really feel like, you know, we were pregnant and I was, the doctor said, well, where are you going to have the baby? And I thought, well, I've no idea. I don't know how this is meant to go. Um, and so she was, you know, a huge, um, part of, of helping me figure out. And I, I use those words really intentionally because it was such a mental process rather than a, a trusting and, and, a, um, a really deep kind of internal process, but figuring out where to have Eden that, that first time around was, you know, she helped us get onto the, the, um, midwifery program with the Canberra hospital and all of that stuff, you know, she was there for the process of it. So we definitely did get swept up in that because I feel like, you know, she almost kind of just said, right, I can help you out with all this stuff. And I was like, great, I don't know what I'm doing. Let's just go with that. Um, so, yeah, I think, and, you know, so I think for anyone, it's really easy to get caught up in the process, but especially when you've got someone who's inside the system, um, who's quite close, um, who's, you know, I suppose championing, championing, championing you in that system. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm. And so how did the, the process go from there? So, um, you know, I've got so many questions on my mind, but um, mm-hmm. so you sort of started making some phone calls with some independent midwives. And- uh, so I spoke with that, that midwife and she basically said, look, um, I might potentially be able to attend, but, you know, obviously I've got all these other women who I've done all their prenatal with who come first essentially. Um, she could only really see me once before the birth Uh and that was one of the big things was just a, I might she may have been able to be there she may not have um, and to us also the the finance we just didn't have the finance to be able to uh, to pay for her essentially um, and because even though we didn't have any of the prenatal appointments the cost was still the same because of the insurance that's required so that was a big factor for me was a you know the, the cost to us was really prohibitive as well as the fact that that might mean that she might not be there anyway. So just just to clarify for listeners, especially in another country, um, it's appointments are covered by our healthcare system, but we have to pay out of pocket for the labour because it's not covered by insurance. So that's why it costs a lot. Yeah, yeah. 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 And so I, you know, got off the phone with her, and and um, I remember I was actually standing at an oval in the sunshine just with my earphones in, just making phone calls all morning, basically just talking to everyone I could. And um, I got off the phone with the midwife and and rang up another friend who I know um, has had home birth or two and um, is kind of in those circles, excuse me, and just said to her, look, is there, do I have any other options? Is there anyone else? Is there anything that you know of? Just, you know, anything. And she basically said, look, kind of it. Um, and aside from that, no, there's not. She said, I definitely wouldn't wouldn't free birth, she said to me. Um, and so that had kind of the idea of a free birth when my friend had said, look, definitely don't free birth. I was like, okay, well, we can't do it then. And I suppose it was a really nice way for my, my brain, my mind, which was pretty terrified of this idea. It was a, a nice excuse to just say, okay, well, we're not going to do it. Let's just Let's just move on. Um, you know, you've indulged the idea and it's not possible. It was a really nice excuse to, to run away from it in lots of ways. 
Um, and I, I just let that steep for a few days, I suppose. It's probably two days and had some conversations with my, my fiance about it. And he basically said to me, look, what would happen if we just had a baby? You know, what's, what's going to happen? <laughs> what are they going to do? And, um, in terms of the, the system and the midwives and the, all of that stuff, all of those, those kind of people. And yeah, I was getting more and more excited about it, but at the same time, you know, levels of trepidation for sure, because, you know, we're just so taught to, to follow the system. We're taught that to have a baby, you need to go to hospital in some capacity, or you need to have some kind of expert there. Um, yeah. And so after a couple of days of toying with the idea, uh, I basically just said to Ross, well, I, I caught up another mentor of mine, another coach, and he said, look, why don't you do some journaling on it? Um, and I, I went through a process of what we call in my practice uh, body dialogue. So essentially journaling to and from in letter format from yourself to your body, just opening a conversation about what's going on. And essentially the messages that I got back from myself or my body was, um, you know, like I'm as, as a body, I'm trusted to grow this baby for 40 weeks and then I'm trusted to feed it and nourish it and keep it alive post-birth. But the middle part, the rite of passage of actually giving birth is taken away. Um, and so after kind of writing that down and, and it really coming alive for me, I realized that that's the truth of it is that we take this middle part, the, one of the, the biggest steps in the process away from ourselves, away from our bodies, yet we ask so much of them in the other areas. Um, and so I just decided at that point that it just had to happen. I just had to make it happen. And I called our doula and I just said, look, I think I really need to go through with it. It's going to be a free birth. Are you okay with this? Um, because I'm aware that you know, lots of people aren't comfortable with that and there's obviously certain risks involved for everyone that's that's present. And she just said to me, yes, I'm really excited and I'm so pleased that you guys have decided to go down this path. Um, yeah, so that was kind of how we made the decision and, and um, yeah, it was a pretty heavy one, you know, really realising that I wasn't going to be able to outsource accountability for my birth. It was all on me, not not on Ross, my fiancé, not on the door. It was all on me to be able to sit there and to be enough in myself to know when something wasn't right or to know when things were really going well or whatever it was, it was all on me to be there and be present in it. And from the start, that was what I wanted from my birth. Um, so it made sense that it actually ended up being the ultimate form of that in the end. How many weeks were you at this point when it all fell into place? Uh, so it was probably... 38 kind of bang on 38 and um we actually went into labor i had another doula appointment with her the following week so that would have been at you know 38 and two days or three days or something and um that was when the first signs of of labor started coming on in terms of like just um the the effacement of the um cervix and such and actually there and she said to me oh okay so i think we might be might be going soon um and she had ordered a birth pool for us because there weren't any available at times. So she said, oh, I'll just buy one for you and, and you guys can rent it and we'll use it. And basically we went into labor on um, the Thursday night and the birth pool wasn't going to arrive until the Friday or the following Monday. So we basically went into, into labor a bit early. As soon as we had decided that's what we we're doing, the baby kind of went, right, all right, now that you guys have got your stuff together, I can come out. Because <laughs> I was really wanting a water birth. Um as I'm sure you've heard a lot from people, <laughs> but yeah, it wasn't wasn't to be at all. It um, 
all kind of went down on a Thursday evening and I had a, a massage in the afternoon. And interestingly enough, my masseuse, um, she had given me massages all the way out within my first birth to, you know, 40 plus weeks. And within a day or so of having a massage from her, I went into labor with my first child. And this one, I had the, the massage with her on the Thursday. And by the Thursday evening, you know, I was in labor again. And we'd just been joking about her starting to, to bring on labor. And so it was. And um, yeah. I just love that. I, it, it just really shows that once you clear those channels, um, mm. you've obviously dealt with something and you've cleared it and it's time to go. But body, baby, working together. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's wonderful. Absolutely. And I think it's such a good example of what your children ask from you. You know, whether they're in utero or out of utero, it's it's them asking you to step up and actually look at your stuff and look at yourself and see the ways in which you can grow um you know there's so much that they ask of us all of ourselves first and foremost yeah and how how did your husband go with this decision and uh did you find also any anxiety popping up before labor off and on he was stoked he was like yep cool let's do it he he um is very much on a similar path to me i suppose um and is all about, you know, we, we run our business together, our health coaching, movement coaching business together. And so he's very much um, in the idea deeply of listening to your body and honouring what it needs and all of those things. And so, yeah, he was absolutely stoked and kind of made a similar face to Shell, I suppose, that in that first conversation that he was like, yep, I knew we were going to get to this point eventually and here we are, so let's do it. And, um, yeah, look, I wasn't I, – I didn't notice any anxieties coming up and certainly not from Ross. Um, Ross is pretty calm and cool at all times really. Um, and then, yeah, as soon as I started to get these little twinges of something, which turned out to be labour, but it was very different from my first first pregnancy, even the onset of labour. I wasn't really aware this time that it, it was really coming. Like it felt very different. And um, Ross kept saying to me, what was that? And I was like, I don't know. And he says, well, is it it? You know, are we going to labour? And I said, oh, look, uh, I don't know yet. And he says, well, how do you not know? Like you've done this before. So that was kind of the only, um, I suppose it was more an excitement, excitement than it was anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, I think I probably relaxed more into that that decision. It felt really right for us and um, it felt really good to know that I didn't have to move out of my own home. You know, I knew I was going to be here and, yeah, and, and that's kind of how it went from, from early labour. We um, It was late at night when it started and Ross and I both went to bed um, and it was right in the depths of winter and so at about 12 o'clock at night I said to Ross, okay, I think you better go down and turn on the heating. We're probably uh, probably ready to go. And, um, yeah, we just made cups of tea and, yeah, it was just, just fantastic really. <laughs> and you, you put together a little plan beforehand, didn't you, mm. for your team? Yes, yeah. And so we basically didn't tell anyone that we were free birth. Or myself um, and Ross essentially that knew uh, and another uh, of our friends who had asked actually to be present here for our other little boy. Um, we decided that he would stay at home during the labour and the birth if possible. Um, turns out she was actually away when it all, all came into play, so she wasn't here in the end. But I did have this plan which was basically a – um, I suppose a bit of a decision tree of if I feel like this, then this is what we'll do. Or um, we even toyed with the idea of calling an ambulance as we knew the baby was really, really close so that they could come 
check everything out and make sure that I was okay. Um, that was kind of there as an option. Um, we always had the birth center as our backup option. At any time, we could have left the house and gone there and just birthed there, as was the initial intent, I suppose. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a this is who will call when this happens, and here are the numbers. And so I didn't didn't go into it just saying, "Okay, it's a free birth. We'll just trust the universe, and whatever happens, happens." Um, it was very much a yeah, just knowing what the choices were um, and when when I would make them or who would make them and, and that kind of thing. Um, and do you feel because it, it helped when you made that decision and you made that sort of transformation that you were fully connected to take responsibility for your birth and your body? Do you feel that helped guide around those decisions that you knew when you were in labour that the people around you um, were supported in that sense that this was your responsibility, your birth, your body, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And, look, I think um, everyone that I had around me is on enough of their own journey of self-discovery self and personal expansion and whatever you want to call it, consciousness, whatever, um, that they understood the depths of that decision as well so they understood that yes it was going to be my responsibility um everyone was really clear with the intent we're very big on intent for things whatever it is and so I, you know we had this intent to have this baby at home um and if thing i was very i suppose communicative to everyone that if that if the situation changed that that was okay and these were the options so it was definitely um yeah, there was a level of planning there I feel that did help support my support people, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. And just when you said intent, um, I, I'm the same. I'm just, it's one of the first things I look to, the intent. Mm-hmm. So if you've if you centred yourself around that, um, yeah, like you said, you've got your your tree of what could, yeah. what, what could go and work from there, from the roots yep. outwards. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Wow. And so cups of teas, go go on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we basically were just down in the living room. Um, Eden, my two-year-old, was asleep in bed. It was one of the Perfect. rare nights that he actually slept relatively well. Um, yeah, so we just just laboured downstairs uh, just in the living room. We had beautiful kind of – I wish it was an open fire, but it's a gas fireplace, so it's pretty close. Um, and, yeah, just, yeah, some really nice kind of birthing teas. Um just a really nice environment. We had some really good music playing and it was just a really nice time for Ross and I to reconnect and I suppose in lots of ways reground at that moment before we stepped into a family of four um, and to reground with each other too because, you know, while labor was happening, I definitely wasn't wasn't off in another world at that point. So it was a really nice opportunity for us to just take pause in lots of ways, which sounds funny given that, you know, you're having contractions two minutes apart or whatever, but it was it was a very grounding, connecting time for us. Um, Eden woke up at about, oh, goodness, I suppose about 1 a.m., maybe 2 a.m., um, and while I had prepared him for some of the things he would have seen and heard, I didn't get the whole amount of time I wanted to prepare because we were only, you know, 38 and a half weeks at this point, so I was still expecting to have another week or even more to actually sit with him and show him some more birthing videos and things like that. And so he was concerned. He knew what I was doing. He kept saying to me, oh, mummy, you're getting the baby out. It's hard, I know, like, you know, this kind of stuff. But every time I went through a wave of contractions, he was 
distressed. You know, he was upset at, at what he was seeing and hearing. And, and so we actually ended up ringing Russ's mum to come and pick him up um, to have a sleepover. And at that point she still didn't know we were birthing at home. She kind of came and, and um, just picked Eden up and, and checked in and left basically. Um, and then Shell got here a little while after that. Um, and yeah, just the, the labor just continued downstairs. There was a moment, um, or period of time where I really felt like everything paused and that was really frustrating for me because I was very big going in that I wanted to really be in my body. I wanted to really, and had to be, but really wanted to listen and really wanted to be in the experience of this birth. And then I found myself getting frustrated at my, at my body for not continuing for not progressing and then getting frustrated at myself for getting frustrated at my body so it turned out that you know I was in my head at that point going around in circles and I was in the middle of the staircase talking about how I was upset I wasn't progressing and all these things and um she basically sent me to the toilet upstairs and and said go and sit on the toilet for a while and I think it was kind of her way at getting me to sort my stuff out and just be with myself for a few minutes and um yeah, just and then after that, had some time in the bath, which was really beautiful for me. It was very peaceful. I feel like I had lots of time in between my contractions to just settle and just be with what was going on. Um, and I think by this time, it might have been about six a.m. or seven a.m., maybe a bit later. And uh, Ross called the midwife at that point because I just said, "Look, I just need something. I need someone to tell me something, what to do, or." You know, and in my mind, I'm thinking, great, if we just go to the birth center, they'll make it better. They'll make it just finish and all of that. And in hindsight, that was definitely my transition time was my my moment of saying, okay, I'm out. I'm not doing this anymore. Um, was right when Bub was transitioning down into the birth canal. I'm positive of it now. But at the time, it feels like you just want to escape. Mm, um, yeah. And yeah, and so she, and the midwife was very helpful. Again, she had no idea we were intending to birth at home, but she just said, look, sounds like everything's going great. Just keep going as you are. So I thought, oh, great, there goes that plan. No one's going to save me from this now. And um, she said to me, right, how about we get out? How about we just go and, you know, downstairs, let's do some more movement. And anyway, we got as far as the hallway and I had a big contraction. And um, then the, the water broke, the um yeah, it just, just broke in spectacular fashion and about 10 seconds or 20 seconds passed, it felt like that oh, I can see the head. And I thought, oh, my goodness, hang on a minute, that, surely that's not meant to happen that quickly. And um, within a couple of minutes we had had Frey's kind of face, squishy face in the palm of my hand and got to deliver him and um, his, his umbilical cord was just wrapped around his shoulder and his chest kind of like a satchel. So we were able to just... I was surprisingly calm, I think, in that moment, just kind of um, gently un- unraveled him, I suppose, and walked about three or four metres and got into bed and that was kind of it. I think the only the only notable thing was I was dead set that we were going to have a girl and um, when I delivered him, I felt down, I felt his testicles and I just looked at Ross and burst into laughter and I just said, oh, my God, we've got another boy. And, um, yeah, and that was it. I just just walked to bed, got into bed. I knew everything was perfect. I didn't have any tearing. I didn't feel like I had any tearing or anything like that. It was just, okay, we've got this baby and let's just go and lie down for a bit, basically. And so was there a lot of other feelings coming to the surface too? Um, Because, you know, there's so much around the choice that you made and um, being, you know, so late into when you made this decision. Was there a lot of stuff surfacing around? Was your mind boggling? Well, I think 
at that point, I was very much in the bubble of having just given birth. Um, I definitely felt much more, um, uh, there, were, there was just so much joy and excitement in that moment. And interestingly enough, this sounds funny, but probably more than with my first birth. With my first birth, I remember thinking when I pulled Eden up to my chest, it was like we were in this bubble and I, I kind of was like, I've got you, I've, I've got you, baby, like we're okay, where it was much more protective. Whereas with Frey, it was much, this, this second birth was much more of a, just this absolute joy and a, there was a definite sense of, oh my God, I've just done it. Like I've just, we've just brought this baby into the world the way that we chose to, you know, like it was just such a, a feeling of strength and empowerment and yes, this depth of joy that I don't think I've felt before in myself and the baby, but certainly in myself. Um, yeah. So there were definitely some tears and, and yeah, so it was just, it was just a different feeling this time. Um, it was much calmer as well. The whole labor, you know, while still really difficult, was much calmer, much more grounded, um, settled, you know, no fuss. There was no fuss the whole time. And one of the, the biggest things I think with the birth this time was with Eden, as I said before, I got so exhausted and I felt like if I don't get him out now, it's not going to happen. Whereas with Frey, I felt like I had so much patience, like I had all the space in the world and all the breath, like all the breath in the world to do it. And again, I was still really tired, but it was just, I finally understood what women meant when they said, look, the baby's going to come down, there's going to be pressure, he's going to come back up and down and up. Like I never felt that with Eden. And I didn't feel that undeniable, reflexive urge to push with all of your physicality forget the mind I I didn't feel that with Eden I felt like I I forced him out whereas with Freyd felt like my body completely enveloped me and just took over the whole thing Um, I couldn't have stopped it if I tried but at the same time there was no urgency it was just calm just the just a journey basically Ah, well said. Yeah, d- d- definitely mm. the journey, isn't it? And um, <laughs> what a way to describe it too. Uh, just goes to show that when your body's in that state, it's um, you know everything's working, not fight or flight. It's mm. um, in that state where it's designed to let your baby come out. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I just can relate because my first birth was like that. I felt like I just did so much hard work. Mm. And with the second one, it was I just didn't feel that urge either. I didn't just I felt that connection, like you mm. said, that in out ebb flow ebb flow. It was yeah. remarkably different. Yeah, so I can relate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and how do you feel now that the hormones have sort of worn off yeah. post birth hormones? And do you feel transformed as a a woman and um, you know, and I, I just love that you shared this experience because it's really important. And you've said here mm-hmm. you didn't want to share it to criticize others and their choices, Mm-mm. that you wanted to embrace women's birth choices um, mm. being their own. And I'm yeah. big for that too. So, mm. yeah. look, I think I feel I have a level of awe and respect for my body that I never thought possible. Um, and I, I do a lot of. Uh, coaching with women and mentoring with women on body image and all sorts of things like that, body connection. And still I've, yeah, I've never felt in myself this level of um, comfort and trust and respect 
for my own self, for my own, not only myself, but my physical self as well. Um, and so that's definitely been one of the ways that I've felt transformed. Um, it's been definitely another affirmation that, you know, listening to your intuition and listening to that sense of what you know is right for you is always right, always. And, you know, I've known that for a long time and I've missed it so many times and been the worse off for it. And this was just such a nice reminder of that worked because you consciously chose it because you knew it was right for you. Um, and so, yeah, it was just a really nice feeling of, of I, you know, I can trust myself. I can trust those feelings. That was, that was legit. That was right. Um, and then in the way of sharing the story, I've just, I kind of toyed with it for a little while about how I was going to share it too, whether it was going to be verbally or I was going to write a piece or what I was going to do. And, um, I've certainly had lots of friends who have birthed very differently, um, than I did in lots of ways. Uh, I've had some women that I know who have birthed at home, but still had really different experiences. And I just, I've shared it because, for starters, I want women to know that it can be like that. It can feel like that. Um, it, it can feel empowering and it can feel like it, it's almost like a first layer of motherhood, like in terms of you're the one birthing your baby. And I feel like that's taken away from us a lot of the time or with the medicalization of birth, we're not as engaged in the process as we could be. Um, and so, you know, in my little written piece that you had read on Facebook, I said, um, you know, I, I don't care what your choices are, just make them, you know, like consciously make them, choose them. Because I see so many people, um, not just with birth, with other things as well, getting, as I said earlier, wrapped up in a process of things or allowing other people to make decisions for them. And they miss out on that intuitive stuff. They miss out on honoring what their bodies and their selves in their inner selves know is actually inherently right for them. Um, so my intent in sharing it was just to say, you know, it's possible to feel this way after birth and after many other things, but particularly birth, whether you choose to free birth or home birth or birth center or obstetrician or whatever, it's possible to feel this way if you can honor yourself and choose consciously. Um, and to not be afraid of that, to not run away from it. Mm. That that would so apply too. I mean, it feels like the health coaching is like the stepping stone into this decision. Um, yeah. Because I bet you see in the health medical system slash world um, that similar disempowerment with people's mm. bodies and their choices and just disconnecting and singling out all our organs and our body parts and yeah. it's not looking at it as a whole uh, yeah. and connecting that and knowing that, you know, our bodies every second are healing. It's like a moment-to-moment mm. thing. We're healing and renewing and regrowing. And, yep. yeah, that was just beautifully said. I really – I feel when I read your post that I connected to you on a level that you weren't sharing it going – people should free birth or people should make these choices or it was more that I saw someone that's made a conscious decision and like you said you honored yourself and your body it seemed like you made this conscious decision without even the 
addiction or attachment to what that could be. So, you know, I'm going to free birth and then whatever goes beyond that or home birth or birth centre, it Mm. was more as if you make this decision so inward, um, you've got Mm. this opportunity to completely change your whole life. Yes, Um, yes. I just got tingles at my smile when you said that, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What level that goes on, it's, it's... I guess you can't comprehend unless you go through that journey mm. yourself. Yeah. yeah. And and that's exactly why I think you can do that no matter how you birth. Um, I knew, you know, going into this pregnancy, I, I really had to think about it more, more to the point and really feel into what, what I was being asked to do throughout the pregnancy and throughout the birth. And for Eden, my first pregnancy, it was definitely – to step into being a mother and to leave that that maidenhood behind in a lot of ways. Um, but this was another layer. It was another level of something um, that I was being asked to do. And, yeah, and I believe it was that that trust and that, um, yeah, it was just, just a totally different step um, and such a big step and something that I, I just don't think that I could have done another way for me. It was such a big thing that it needed to be done by a big, big decision like that. Um, Just tell me, uh, how did everyone react when <laughs> sort of um, after the birth? <laughs> yeah, well, like um, the – so Ross kind of rang the midwife and, and he said, look, we've had our little boy and Ross made up the birth time because no one bothered to look at the clock, of course, at that point and um, said, yeah, we've had a little boy and there was a little bit of a fuss at the, the birth centre, I think, um, because almost like a bit of confusion about what should happen next. Um, and anyway, we were told initially they'd said to Ross, well, she needs to get her, – her and herself need to get an ambulance and they've got to come to hospital. And I said something profane and, and swore at Ross and said, there's no way I'm getting an ambulance right now. Like we're fine. I'm not moving. And um, he was, you know, quite happy to relay that. And um, eventually it got all sorted out and, and the hospital was sent around two midwives and they were wonderful. I was expecting to get a bit of a dressing down, but, um, yeah, there, there was an older lady, she's probably in her 50s, and another younger midwife in her 30s and um, the old lady just came up and she basically essentially almost gave me a hug and she said, good on you, well done. And she said, look, do you want us to weigh your baby? No, nope, that's fine. Don't worry about it. It doesn't need to be done, which is exactly what my thinking has been the whole time. And she said, what about, you know, needles and stuff? I was like, no, nope, I don't want anything done, nothing. It's all fine. She's like, yep, that's totally fine. I've had five children. This is fabulous. And so it, that was a really positive experience given what I was expecting. Um, and you know, even <laughs> I think even Ross's mum eventually, you know, the next day or whatever, what happened was we sent out a photo of me and the baby and the responses we got back were, hang on a minute, is that your bed or is that a hospital bed? Or <laughs> it was a bit of a, where are you right now? Um, and so everyone was was pretty chuffed, I think, in the end. Um, it was that, that you know, instead of asking for permission, it was kind of after the, after the fact so no one could get too upset or too worried about it. Um, I think mostly there was an attitude of, whoa, like that's a big deal. Um, I think everyone was feeling a fair degree of, um, well, pride's not the right word, but it was a definitely a feeling of like good on you, like well done um, in the end. Mm. Perfect. And the placenta, did you uh, just tie it or had it? Did you? what did you do 
Yeah, so Ross cut the cord with our sharpest kitchen knife, which we still use in the kitchen. And, um, yeah, and it was just tied with a little umbilical tie. And um, she basically checked all the placenta and we took photos of it and sent that in so that the midwives would be happy with with that. Um, They took it and I had it encapsulated. But it was pretty amazing-looking placenta as well. It was, um, you know, really quite tough really kind of thick and it was beautiful, really cool. Because you wouldn't yeah. have got a good play with it, I suppose, with your first birth. No, I got to see it um, but I certainly didn't kind of really sit there and marvel at it, which this time we kind of, it was just sitting in a bowl beside me in the bed pretty much for a while and was able to really look at it and I've got some great photos of it. And so, yeah, it was very cool. <laughs> great. And how did you, just to quickly uh, wrap it up, how did you go postpartum? Everything was really great. Uh, so we had Frey on the Friday morning. Um, by Friday afternoon, I was actually downstairs and had a cup of tea and just kind of pottering about. Felt really fabulous. My body felt like it recovered amazingly. Um, by the Sunday morning, we we lived just across from like a little oval outdoor area and we all went for a family walk and we took my little boy um, with us for a bike ride. Um, the unfortunate thing that happened was we, we all got, well, Russ and I got food poisoning on about day five um, followed by a pretty gnarly, Ross got a pretty gnarly flu for a week. So I was pretty much single parenting for that week. And then I got the flu, then I got mastitis. So it was like this four week period of just, we, we got a bit hammered, which was kind of amusing given how well the birth went and how well the immediate days were, how good the immediate days were. And then suddenly it was like a bit of a hit of one thing after another. Mm. But following that four weeks, um, and once Eden had adjusted and made some room for Frey and, it's yeah everything everything's been pretty good really just settling into the yeah the the juggling I suppose with the two two boys now yeah how's that going yeah not too bad they're really good Frey's very relaxed and he's very calm which I'm sure is a byproduct of his birth or partly um yeah so he's he's pretty chilled out for the most part and they just love each other it's just it absolutely melts my heart every single day to watch them interact with each other. It's phenomenal. <laughs> Great. And you've sort of re-entered back into your work at some yeah, degree? Yeah. Yes, to some degree. And mostly because we are running our own business, so it's kind of hard to step out for too long. Um, so, yeah, I'm doing some some limited work there and I'll resume consulting with clients early in the new year. Um, yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much. I just loved that story and I really appreciate you coming on and sharing this it's just such an important message when we listen behind Mm. uh you know even the words and what they mean if we go right deep into it um it's just a beautiful deep transformative message that you've just shared thanks so much for having me on Ali I am yeah I really am grateful for the opportunity to share my story a bit wider because I I really I really feel like women who are wanting to make a choice but don't really know how to go about it or aren't really confident in saying what they actually want, whatever that is, I just wanted to let them know that they can speak up, whatever it is, um, and how important it actually is to do that. So I'm really grateful for the opportunity to, to spread the message around a bit. Great. Thank you so much. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Ali. Did you connect with this episode? then head over to our website, circleofbirth.com. There you'll find show notes, pictures, resources, and potentially connect with today's storyteller. Don't forget to sign up to be updated with new empowering episodes and content. 
Help the show grow by contributing a tip in the jar to make sure we can continue to better the podcast and connect more and more to the wisdom and birth and each other. Hey, and don't forget the iTunes rating. This has been another episode of the Birth Share Project. We breathe, we birth, we empower. We empower.